Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy, it's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. All right, we are back for round two with the one and only Mama Salty. You all loved her so much the first time, loved her mom jokes, loved our story. And the story continued after, after we dropped that first episode. It continued bash for another probably six weeks. And it has now sort of come to a close, mostly. It's come to a close enough for us to be telling this story. But mom, thank you so much for being back on the podcast for a second time. It's my pleasure. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun. So my mom doesn't know I'm going to tell this story, but before we go into the podcast and what happened, uh, my mom came out here when we found out my stuff was, was going to be on its way. And we had a lot of stuff to do and we had a big list of things to do. So we started going out to stores and tackling this list. And we ended up at Target with a full <laughs> with a full cart full of things. And, and this is actually a fun fact that I didn't know it even existed. I didn't know these types of carts existed. So this the Target store by me happens to be a very big Target. It's an incredible Target. It has a Target, an Ulta, a Starbucks, a CVS, all in one. But it's a very large store. So we ended up with a full cart of stuff on the opposite side of Target, not even thinking we came out that door of the other end from where we were parked. But the way the parking lot was set up, it has a big blockade in it. So the only way for us to get to the car, when we realized we'd walked to the end of the parking lot, the only way for us to get to my car, which was across on the other side, was to go around this blockade and sort of outside of the Target parking lot, almost like a little adventure we were on. And we get to the end of the Target parking lot and the cart locks up and like locks up to the point where it won't even push. And it's, it was snowing out that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was snowing out. And so apparently we found this out that when you get out of the Target parking lot, they have sensors and the Target carts will lock on you and you can't go anywhere. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually to keep people from taking the carts and yeah, 
but well, we had no clue. We had no clue. We're like, what's going on with this weird we something she, She's trying to pull it. I'm trying to push it. We're <laughs> in hysterics. Like we have tears running down our face because we have this full target cart full of stuff. We're in the snow, but we're outside of the target parking lot, almost in like a busy intersection. And we can't keep it together. We are like <laughs> on the ground laughing. So then I decided that- going by and, and we are bent over in laughter. <laughs> cars are whipping by us and we can't we're like trying to pick up the cart but we're laughing so hard that we can't because this car this cart literally seized up on us and so I decide I'm gonna go get the car and pull it around to my mom while still watching my mom who's trying to push this cart but the cart is standing still and my mom is like pushing herself back I honestly I my stomach hurts so bad from laughing at that like I don't I never even known that Hearts had sensors in them, but it was the funniest experience and way to find out. <laughs> so, um, okay. Outside of that, let's pull it back into where we ended before. We ended before where we had no idea where my stuff was. We thought it was at a warehouse in Ohio and we were just on this massive mission to get my things back. The more we read reviews of S&M relocation, the scarier everything got. Keep in mind for me that my biggest fear was that my birth certificate, social security card, passport, everything was on that truck, all my personal information, along with a lot of very valuable things. So my, I'm very lucky that has, I have a brother that is in politics. He knows a lot of people. So he started making contacts and connections to start to reach out to people, attorney generals, news stations, um, you know, people he knew that might be able to do something. And we tried to get the ball rolling in multiple directions. And we did in a few different directions. And one of those was the Detroit News article that came out. Um, Neil Rubin, who wrote the article, was just so fantastic to work with. And um, it ended up on the front page of the Detroit News, which was awesome. But that we had that news article come out, which I thought was a big win, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. in that article, what's crazy is they got a hold of um, Steve Colburn, who owns S&M Relocation. They got a hold of him, and he was like such a jerk, just so cocky, saying like, oh, it was probably her not reading the contract, really blew Neil off, who had wrote the article. And I don't know, I forget what he said, mom, something really cocky. One of the comments he made was um, that just, just absolutely... Two of the comments actually that floored me was um, uh, <clears throat> Neil questioned him about, um, you know, how many times he's been like reported type of thing. And he said, I've heard from just about every attorney general in the United States, like it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Like I would be as a business owner, I would be horrified if I heard from one attorney general about poor business practices. And he said, he went on to say that what he's doing is might not be moral, but it's legal. But it's legal. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What a way to run a business. Yeah. Taking and um, yeah, he, um, he was just rather, as Katie said, he was rather cocky in there. And, you know, he said the biggest problem is people don't read the contracts. Well, again, that contract is forced on you the day of the move. 30 um, pages your price has from already a phone. increased by 100%. And you're reading it on a cell phone. It's about 30 pages long. 
Uh, you have to initial it in about 25 different areas. Um, and uh, it, it was very frustrating as we talked about before, but I think the, the thing that really frustrates me the most about it is uh, the insurance portion of it. Um, you know, they offer you two ways to insure your move, but they tell you that the one that insures your move at the face value of what your items cost is going to cost you more money. <laughs> this is on top of just increasing your move 100%. And, you know, most people at that point in time are like, I can't pay these people any more money. So you take the lesser option, which is the one that hurts the consumer the most. Which is insane. And it's so dishonest. Yeah. And what is that option, Mom? Um, the option is, uh, it's a per pound option. So it's um, like 60 cents a pound. So mm -hmm. as they put it, if you have a piece of sound equipment that um, weighs... 60 pounds and it's worth a thousand dollars you're basically going to get 35 bucks because or, that's the way they run it take for example like a computer right is let's say it'd be a thousand dollars and it's one and a half two pounds right you would get you're like gonna get, yeah you're going to get a buck 20 a dollar oh. 20 for it which is yeah. crazy and that's how they yeah. get that's how they truly get away with this where they take thousands of people's stuff, you write in and you say, hey, you fill out their form, which we haven't found if it even exists yet. You fill out their form and they say, okay, well, like you're, you have thousands of dollars worth of missing stuff. And they're like, we're going to offer you $86 for it. Right. But that's, that's the contract why, you sign. That's why out of the things of yours that were missing or ruined, I'm really glad that your kettlebells were part of things ruined. Because yeah. those weigh a lot. Those weigh a lot. Those weigh a lot. <laughs> so we'll get them where we can. Right. Um, they owe you $625 at $25 a day for delay of delivery. Mm -hmm. And we'll be able to hopefully recoup that. But I don't know. You you read re reviews of people who put in claims and, and never, never hear back. <laughs> Most people say they put in claims and never hear back. So um, okay, let's backtrack really quick. We have the article that came out and that sort of got things moving in the right direction. My brother was able to get a hold of the Ohio attorney general. Um, he tried to contact them a couple of times and finally got a hold of them and they sent the police to S&M relocation. They, they contacted the police in Fulton County where these people are located. Yes, because the address they give on Google, keep in mind, is a fake address. So we never knew where my stuff was truly located. And we asked them so many times. I mean, I pleaded with them on the phone in tears. And I said, at this point, I don't even want you to have my things. You cannot legally, like you can't legally keep my things. And they would agree with me. Yes, we cannot legally keep your things. They are yours. I said, so I want to come pick them up. I was, I was fully ready to leave Colorado to go pick them up, to rent a U-Haul. And they told us that we could do this but we have to get a hold of the warehouse manager and, oh, they're out with COVID. They're sick. They're in a meeting. They're this, they're that. They'll call you back. Days went by, never heard back. We would call week after week and have the same conversation and mm -hmm. never heard back to the point where I said, I don't want you to have my things in your possession anymore. What do you, what do you want me to do? 
And also in order to pick them up, you not only had to pay the balance of the contract, you had to pay a monthly storage fee if you were picking them up yourself. For $1,000 a month. And now um, your items, if they were damaged on the way there, it doesn't matter because if you're picking them up, how do they know you didn't damage them on the way home? So your insurance is now void. It yeah. was such a scam. It was such a, like, like there is no amount of like, frustration or tears that can explain the position that you're in. Um, and there were some little, little pieces of hope along the way. One of them was when I got a call from a police officer in Fulton County and he said, hello, Ms. Saltzman. I just want to let you know that I just left S&M relocation and they let me know that um, the reason your stuff hadn't been delivered is because you haven't paid your storage fees. So they told me that they just spoke to you. They just spoke to you and you were going to pay your storage fees and your stuff would be on its way. So I just want to let you know, everything's good to go. And I, first of all, I was in shock that I was getting a phone call from an officer because we never knew there was even an officer going over there. Not to mention they completely lied to this officer. I don't owe them any storage fees. I hadn't spoke to them that morning. And I explained that to him. I said, I'm going to give you the, the short version of what's going on. But I said, what they told you was, was untrue and a complete lie. And he said, so you're telling me that the, everything that they just told me is a lie. And I was like, yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm telling you. So while he's on the phone with me, he's like, I'm going to call, he, he calls for backup. And he said, I need people to meet me here. And we're going back in. And he said, I'm going to make them show me that your things exist. And so I call my mom, I call my brother and I was like, oh yes, cops are going in there. I feel like I got my own version of cops going down in Ohio. <laughs> it was like just this bit of excitement of like, finally pieces are moving. They might yeah. get in trouble for what they're doing. And three hours later, I got a phone call back that was pretty disappointing. And he said, look, I tried everything I can. At the end of the day, this is a civil matter. He said, I cannot prove, he goes, I don't think they're good people but I can't prove that they've done anything illegal because they have you bound with such a tight contract. So that makes it a civil matter because I can't prove anything illegal. They told me your things exist. They told me that they're leaving the warehouse soon, but I was able to do nothing. The most I can do is file a police report of this incident. And he suggested that I file a um, police report with the Birmingham Police Department too. So he filed a report and I hadn't filed one with Birmingham yet. And what led me to do that is, is maybe a week after this happened, um, called S&M relocation, no movement on my things. I decide I'm going to give Trinity, the original company we hired, the broker, a call. And I called them and I said, this is, this is me again. <laughs> I... <laughs> still don't have my things. You pick them up on November 26, 20, I can't even remember the date now. And I still don't have them. They're like, you're kidding me. Well, we're looking at our system and they mark your things delivered on January 28th. And this was maybe middle of February. And I said, I'm sitting in an apartment staring at an air mattress right now. My things were never, ever delivered. And at that moment, when they had marked my things delivered on January 28th through, through Trinity, I was like, I have got to file a police report with the Birmingham Police Department. So that's when I filed my stuff completely stolen. Yep. And, and, um, 
And then, you know, Katie talked about kind of an attack from all fronts that we were able to, um, uh, during all of this, you know, what, what led us actually, you know, when we originally hired Trinity, who hired SM on our behalf, um, they, uh, in reading some reviews, I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't thoroughly do my homework, but Manta had like 200 good reviews on them. Five star reviews. And, like, yeah. what a joke. Like, five star reviews. And so, um, we began to, our, our, actually Katie's brother, Mike, began to dig into those reviews. He contacted Manta and Manta wasn't, uh, because we suspected they were fake reviews. There was a uh, language, repetitive language used, you know, repetitive once you started names. reading. There was only four names that they just repeated over and over again. Yeah, like a it, bunch it, of became, weirdos. it became evident, but um, Manta didn't seem to want to do too much. So Mike actually contacted the Federal Trade Commission and an attorney from there uh, started to look into it. And at this same week that the Detroit News article came out and the police visited S&M, now they get a call from a Federal Trade Commission attorney that lets them know that their 200 plus fake reviews have been pulled. And it is against the law to do that. I thought that Mike had said it was a felony. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm hoping that they continue on and press charge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we got, for us, we got the ball rolling in the right direction. And at that point, I was beyond defeated at, just at the whole scenario. I mean, it had been you know, two, well over two months without my stuff, maybe two and a half mentally, physically, emotionally, just completely exhausted from the situation. And to be honest, I, I, and I was very honest with my parents, they came in town to visit me. They were actually flying. If this is not the sweetest thing you've ever heard, they were flying to California to renew their vows with the same pastor that married them 40 years earlier. And because they're the best, they decided to stop on the way and visit me here in Denver. And I had told them that, you know, rarely will I say, you know, I, I would say I'm a pretty, pretty strong girl, especially mentally. I can handle a lot, but my mental health didn't feel well at that point. Um, just with events, you know, that I've spoken about leading up to the move and then everything that happened with the move mentally, I was at a very, very low place trying to decide, am I going to come home? Am I going to come to Denver? So my parents came to Denver and what happened was they sort of fell in love with the area and it was good to see them. And it sort of perked me up a little bit. Yeah. And it sort of perked me up a little bit. And then, you know, for my dad, my dad was very hesitant about me moving and for him to say like, this seems like you, and I think you should stay here and give it a shot was very comforting to me. Because dad wouldn't say that, right? Yeah, he absolutely said that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think us being out there, once, you know, dad will, he'll always be your dad. Yeah. And he will always have a little bit of, um, uh, he's not overprotective, but a protective nature, especially where his daughters are concerned. And once we got there and he saw the area you lived in and really kind of fell in love with it and... Um, saw your uh, apartment and, and how secure it is and all of those things, uh, 
I think his there was like a little switch that flipped somewhere and he began to feel very encouraged about it, even though your start out there was less than, than it was delightful. Rough. It was rough. Um, you know, it kind of had the feeling like maybe it was coming to an end and we both just kind of felt that, you know, maybe we, what we can do is maybe offer some support and kind of make it feel a little like home to you. And um, yeah, so, you know, we just began to encourage you, you know, your things will eventually arrive. And you really, what it took to get you out here and what it's taken to get your things out here, we'd hate to see you turn around and come back home without ever really giving yourself a fair chance in Denver. I mean, it's a beautiful area. It, um, and you had an unfair start and you have so much yet to explore and to learn. And we didn't want to see you give up on that little dream of yours. Yeah, it, and that, that was really what it was. And my parents, I think the first night or two, we were, you were here for two nights. So the first night we just enjoyed it. And then my mom was like, hey, dad and I kind of want to talk to you. And I, I knew that some sort of talk was coming and they just sat me down and said, I think that we should at this point, whatever we can do to make you feel comfortable, we have to make your place feel like a home because my place was not a home. It was like very sad. <laughs> it was very, very <laughs> sad. So they, they helped me go out and helped me buy a couch and a TV and got it feeling at least a little bit more normal. And at that point, I had just been in a mastermind in Arizona. My parents came in the day I got back from that. So I was already sort of on this like mental high from that. They came in and it was just the reassurance that I needed. And at that moment, I sort of, my word in my head was, I need to surrender to this because I've been trying to control every single aspect. And all it's doing is bringing me down and making me feel, it was making me feel out of control. When you're trying to control something that you cannot control or tame or have any say over, it just makes everything feel out of control. And I said, I have to focus on my mental health and settling here in Denver. And I had wrapped my head around the fact, I surrendered to the fact that my stuff wasn't going to come and that's okay. And I need to rebuild from here and put things in place to keep it going. And if for some reason it did come, that's amazing. If not, what can I do to just like forward motion? Because at that point I was not doing forward motion. I did not have that in mind. Um, so that happened. They went to California. They enjoyed their beautiful vacation. I started to day by day, just feel better and better and better, even more clear with business, with creating content, with having more fun. I don't know what like switched or clicked, but it was just a series of events where all of a sudden I was like, I can do this. I can handle this. Um, and then my parents came home and same thing. We hadn't really heard from S and M. Um, we had called them and they had told us that my stuff was on a truck. They didn't call us. Of course we had called them. However, we've heard that three or four times at this point. So there was zero excitement behind hearing that statement. But I called my parents and said, this is the situation. This is what they told me. Um, and then we get a random call from a truck driver named Adrian, who is in Texas on his way to Colorado, who has my things. <laughs> and he can't tell me what he has, how much he has. I don't know if it's two boxes that are showing up, if it's all my boxes. I just know that 
he is contracted out by S&M Relocation. And what, when he gets here, I have to pay them 1700 cash still and sign off on my things before they even start unloading them. They give you a contract. You have to sign off on it. You have to pay them in cash. And then they start unloading your things, which is crazy. But at this point, you don't understand. You're desperate to get anything off that truck, to get any, any ounce of hope. So that was our only option is to do that. Right. So um, after we left uh, Denver, when we were with Katie the first time, then we went on to California and we were there for, um, we started in Southern and then went up as far as um, like the Monterey Bay area. Um, had an amazing time. We were gone for another 10 or 11 days, I think. And then we flew home and that night, um, or that day I had talked to Katie and she told me her stuff was on its way. So we flew home and did laundry. And in a day and a half, I was on a flight. My mom booked a flight. Denver. She came out. I picked you up at like, what, 1230, one in the morning. Yeah. My flight had a bad delay. And uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I got in pretty late. My, poor, but. my mom's messaging me. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'll Uber. I'm like, mom, you, you literally were home for a day. You're taking like a night flight out here. You're not going to Uber. I'm sitting here at the airport. We're good. <laughs> but I picked you up and we barely slept that night because at 8 a.m. the next morning, a truck was rolling up. Mm -hmm. Like that was going to, like, th there's no amount of um, trying to describe the suspense of that moment where we gave them the money, they're opening up the truck doors and it's like, what is going to come off of that truck? So I, I'm not sure if it's, if, if it's okay if I say this, but I'm gonna say it. Oh no, okay. <laughs> the driver came in and um, we were chatting with him for a few minutes and he said, <laughs> he said, you know, just a little word of advice, he said, if you're ever going to hire a mover again, hire a van lines, don't hire a broker. Don't ever hire a broker. Don't ever hire a broker. He said it's the worst. And I mean, you know, when you have your driver telling you don't hire my company, that's, yeah. that's saying so. He gave us a very good idea that he, he was contracted out by them, but he doesn't do business with them. You know, right. he's not... That's sort of what he made it sound like to me, yeah. at least not to mention they rolled up in this like brand spanking new shiny yellow truck. And I'm like, I, I have a very good idea what s &M relocation is doing with all of this, yeah, all of this exactly. money exactly. Um, compared to the truck that rolled up to take your stuff. Oh my gosh. Which was a POS. Yeah. I'll be surprised if that truck even made it to Toledo. Me too. I, but something that's really it, funny is it, I said, I said, mom, we have ahead. to take, we have to take pictures in front of this truck and, oh, and I'll, bad I'll, <laughs> you're bad. so I'll maybe, maybe I'll post these pictures. My mom didn't want me to, but I decided mm -hmm. to take a picture right in front of the S and M relocation logo, flipping it off. And my mom was laughing hysterically at it. Cause it was just a funny thing. It was like, this is the worst thing ever. So then we switch. My mom decided to take a picture and she throws up prayer hands. 
Meanwhile, in my picture, I'm flipping them off. And it's very funny to see like the, the two different- The difference between us. <laughs> the difference between us. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Um, okay, so they pull the truck doors open. The yeah. first thing, oh, you want to say something, go. No, I was just going to say the first thing we see them move out of the way so they can get to other things is your great, big, beautiful house plant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll just leave that off the side and then you go on with what else you saw. Yeah. The first thing we'll they move out of the way. So then the first thing off the truck was the Peloton bike. And I was, you have got to be kidding me. That was shock and awe that the Peloton bike actually came. It was still wrapped up. Like it really didn't have a scratch on it, which was amazing. And, but the screen was wrapped up. Luckily, nothing is like my Peloton bike works flawlessly. I don't know what kind of criminals they are, but the fact that they didn't sell his Peloton bike, like, wow. Yeah. Like that was, that was incredible. Um, and then they started unloading boxes and we could quickly tell that the boxes were pretty smashed. Um, just mm -hmm. tossed around. We opened some of them up. Like my grandma's, you know, antique tea set just completely, you know, in pieces. Um, we, they took my bookshelf off the truck and the bookshelf was not only, which was a brand new bookshelf moving back and forth like a wave, but it was just nicked and banged and, um, then my kettlebells came off and I had five sets. So 10 total, five sets of, of brand new kettlebells with this like beautiful matte black finish on them. And they look like they have been in a garage gym with water damage for the last three years. Like I, I have no idea how like they could possibly be so ruined and wrecked, but they are. Yeah, they are. And um, yeah, I mean, as each thing came off, we were, um, we were quickly kind of um, doing box counts and opening boxes that were crushed to look inside, you know, we went, what mostly we were concerned about was that the boxes we received were Katie's, because there's a lot of evidence out there in reviews that, you know, you get other people's things. And we wanted to make sure we had the correct number of boxes, which surprisingly enough, we did. But there were, um, there were, of course, Katie's brand new desk was damaged. Mm -hmm. Katie's brand new desk chair didn't did come. not show up. Dyson vacuum nor did didn't her, show up. Nor did her Dyson vacuum, you know. Box but it's Nike, interesting. Box you start looking you start looking at the inventory list that they left you with. And again, on move day, they are randomly and quickly filling things in, writing things in. And yeah, things can get missed. And yes, we can miss them when we're going over because so much stuff is going out. Um, Katie's $500 Dyson vacuum is not on the inventory list. Didn't show so up. how are we going to be able Not to shocking. claim that? And besides that, we only get the weight of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly. such a real, But then, you know, then your mover comes in and he's got this thing wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> it's just, he's like, um, I don't think your lamp made it. Like, yeah. You can hear the glass pieces broken. You can hear it just like shaking. The bubble wrap. 
I'm like, all right, sir, I guess you can take that. We'll take a picture of it and you can take it downstairs. Like I'm not putting it back together. Um, I would say in general, more stuff showed up than we thought was going to. Absolutely. We had bare minimum expectations for these a-holes and I would say more stuff showed up than we, than we thought, um, stuff showed up about in the condition that Mm -hmm. we thought, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great condition. You could tell that there's just no care or concern. You know, there are things that we have to put back together, things that were damaged. Um, we were able to fix my box spring because that came up, that came like sort of broken. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot a lot of damage. And I knew that in my head, things were not going to show up in the condition that they left. So I'd wrap my head around that, which was okay. And that was exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, some things didn't show up. And then a majority of things did the box with my, it was like a rat race trying to find the box with my office stuff. Yeah. With my social security card, passport, all my information in it. Luckily it was packed and just like I had left it. Um, we were able to find that. And once we found that it was sort of like, I guess it was a weight, weight off our chest. Cause that was really the most important thing, um, when you're dealing with a company, really a company full of criminals. So, um, now it feels really nice to have a base for a home. There were some things that we had to go out and buy. There's a lot of things that I still have to do to fill in. It's Nike not shoes. what, yeah, Nike I, my, my Nike tennis shoes. Yeah. The, I only have like one, I, I love tennis shoes. I mean, it's just what I, what I do. I'm a trainer. I'm always in athletic gear. Um, so the fact that that didn't come, that's a, that's a big one. Also, it's probably a box worth over a thousand dollars that weighs 10 pounds. So I'm going to get $6 for it because that's how crazy this is. Um, but for the most part, I have a really amazing foundation now that I can make a home and create a home. And we went out and got lots of stuff and I'm actually going to go out in a little bit and buy a couple of more things that my mom and I didn't check off. And it's just, it's pretty amazing how this story has ended and come to a close because I really didn't think I was going to get my things. I didn't at all. I, I had surrendered to the fact that I wasn't. And we had a lot of things in motion as far as the article, the reviews taken down. We also had the Better Business Bureau. As soon as my article came out from the Detroit News, the Better Business Bureau flagged their account with three major flags that show up as soon as you Google them. Um, We also found that there were 15, we thought there were four, there were 15 fraudulent moving companies attached to Steve Colburn's name who owns S&M Relocation. Like 15, that's how long this man has been getting away with this for and has not been caught regardless of how many times he's interviewed for news articles and because he has you like bound by contract. And I think Katie and I have talked about this and I I really honestly think the reason that no one has ever completely held his feet to the fire, gone after him legally, hired an attorney and everything is because by the time you get to the end of this, you get whatever items they show up with and some of your stuff is missing broken went to someone else or whatever you are so frustrated you are so done with it you're exhausted mentally physically emotionally I still honestly think you know I think that like 2020 or something needs to do on expose on these type of moving companies and there has to be um some change to the the laws regulating movers 
to prevent this kind of thing from happening to people in the future. There's a huge, I, I, I think that's the one thing that this made us notice. There's a huge gap in federal and state laws to protect us at, at, at right. all from this happening. And these moving companies know that. Um, obviously he has, if he has 15 attached to his name. So um, yeah. if that I, really, go ahead, mom. I just wanted, I wanted to go back to the, to the plant. The oh. Big, oh, was, yeah. was the first thing they moved aside so they could get the Peloton off. We get everything done. The movers have put together the desk as best they could because it was missing some pieces um, that were later found in a random bin. They tossed whatever. Um, they put together the bed frame and they were ready to go, ready to get out of there. <laughs> they, they left. They go downstairs looking at each other like, Phew. and all of a sudden she looks at me and her eyes got really big. She goes, my plant. They never brought that plant. In. They never brought so, the plant up. Yeah. So I, I ran down after them. I think, were they still in the parking lot? They were like just pulling away. Yeah. They were just pulling away. Katie went running down after that moving truck. <laughs> I got my comes damn plan. Comes hauling up with this big plan. <laughs> yeah, like the, the one of the guys is like, I'll bring it up for you. I'm like, no, no. He he like towards the end, how I, he was like asking for my number. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, he's like, Yeah, I really need your nutrition help. I'm a football player. Can I have your number? I was like, how about this? I'll take your number in my notes. And we'll we'll start there. There um, you go. But so the biggest thing after all of this is. The biggest decision was, do we go after Steve Colburn? Do we go after this company? And we, it was a big family talk, mostly with like my mom, me, my brother, the people that were like heavily involved in this, because we want to see him go down, obviously. But I am also very exhausted and very drained. And I'm at the point where I have to move on with my life from this situation. And it was a hard, it was a hard thing. And we had, you know, my brother talked to a lot of his friends that were lawyers and the pieces of advice that he gave were, look, you can go after him, but this guy's an asshole and assholes tend to hire asshole lawyers. So you could get into this really nasty lawsuit. And at the end, it might not even go your way. And this has cost me a lot, not just financially, but yes, financially, it's cost me a lot. And energy-wise, it's cost me more. And I just had to be honest that I didn't think I had it in me. And I know mm -hmm. that a lot of you listening are going to be disappointed because you are like rooting for this guy to go down. And everybody's like, you're suing him, right? You're still suing him. And for me, I, I really go by like a gut feeling on what feels good and what I need to detach myself to and what's going to bring me the most growth in life. And at this point, this is major lessons learned. I don't have an interest in spending thousands of dollars and draining energy or getting in this crazy lawsuit. I have been connected to this way longer than I want. And I just want to cut ties. Um, so we, I emailed the lawyer and we made the decision to not go through with the lawsuit because we didn't know how long it was going to take. We didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And it could have set me back even more. So it's a, it was, it was tough. It also, you know, we talked about the fact that doing something like this, it kind of keeps Katie in a, 
a negative headspace. Yeah. And it prevents her from fully participating in her life and in her business the way she needs to right now to progress and to create growth and to get some of her new ideas flowing and things. It, it would keep pulling her back. Yeah. Um, from her mom's standpoint, um, I would like to see something put in place so that um, Steve Coburn can't keep doing this to people. Um, My mom thinks a law is going to come out called Katie's Law. <laughs> I do. Actually, that was Mike's suggestion. I love it. Yeah. So um, from my standpoint, you know, I have a little more time on my hands. And as time allows, I may contact um, my congressional representative oh, wow. and kind of give them the Reader's thing. Digest version of what happened to us. And I can send them links that we are certainly not the only family this has happened to. It's happening every day. And it's wrong, and there needs to be some changes. But that's my thing. That's not Katie's thing, and yeah. um, and so maybe we'll call it Mama Salty's. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Take it. Hey, if you get that pass, we can call it anything you want, Mom. Um, we can call it Mama Salty loves the Lord's law, <laughs> and she does. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so yeah, that's that's really how it is ending. Is that? My, my mom hit the nail on the head is that I want to focus on creativity and growth and building business and impacting women's lives so much more than I want to focus on taking Steve Colburn down as much as I want to. My energy cannot go there right now. I have way too many, way too much impact I want to create in this world, way too many hopes, dreams. I want to get on stage public speaking this year. All of these things would hold me back. And, and I have felt held back for a couple of months. So that is, that's really the end of the story, the end of the journey. Not, not, not totally. So just All to right. give an idea. All right. About five days ago, I sent an email to customer service at S&M Reload, which you're supposed to do. And I asked for the claim form. Mm -hmm. No response. So I no. called this morning four times until I finally got through to someone and I said, can you send me the claim form? No, you have to send an email. I said, how about if I give you my email and you just send me the claim form? No, we can't do that. Send the email. So I sent a second email. So it still kind of just goes on and on with these. Because we only have 25 days to file a claim and yeah. they owe us at least 600 and in breaching their contract for days past, not to mention damages for all the things that didn't show up or things that showed up damaged, which is, I mean, the desk that they damaged, it's a, it's a $1,400 West Elm desk. Like they, they owe us some money, but right. most people file this form and never hear anything back. Again, there is nothing protecting us from them doing that, mm -hmm. which is just crazy. So, so yeah, that. I hope you learned a lot of lessons in this because we did. We certainly learned a ton of lessons. But at the end of the day, I sleep at night knowing that the police showed up there twice. There was an article in the Detroit News. They got flagged by the Better Business Bureau. They got 200 plus fake reviews taken down. We went after them, I think probably more than anybody ever has. I agree. Yeah. And I might not be done with them yet. <laughs> I don't want to put myself. She out loves there, the but... Lord, but she holds grudges. 
Oh, well, I'm just so glad that everybody followed along on this journey. And I can't tell you the amount of messages I reached out that not only saying they love my mom so much in this podcast, but please do a part two um, so we can hear how it ended. And that, that is it. That is how it ended. And um, don't ever hire S&M relocation. Don't ever hire a broker. And yeah, that's, that's really all I got. Do you have anything else, mom? No, I'm good. Uh, good. It's just been, and actually through it all, it's, um, it's kind of been sweet in that I got to spend a lot more time with you that I wouldn't ever normally have been able to spend. The fact that we were together for almost a week in your apartment and you didn't spit on me or anything. We did. This this situation has brought us so much closer. I think so. I, I do too. And we just, we ended up getting our cross country drive. We drove from Colorado to Michigan and we busted it out. And and you even accommodated me with some of my music. And I listened to some of your music without punching the window. (laughs) (laughs) We did. We listened to some oldies, some John Denver. I'm not sure what I put on. We did some Crime Junkie. (laughs) Yes. Okay. My mom has me on these Crime Junkie podcasts. I love true crime, like shows about true crime. And there's a podcast called Crime Junkie. And now I cannot stop listening to it because it's these true crime stories. When I drove back by myself, I listened to probably like four or five of them. Yeah. Something that I actually judged my mom for when she suggested to put it on. I was like, all right, that sounds like something old people do. And now I love it. (laughs) So, well, thank you guys so much for listening, mom. Thank you for being on the podcast again. I love you so much. Oh, I love you too, honey. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like this podcast, leave me a review, and share it with any women in your life that you think need to hear it. If you don't already follow me, go over to Instagram, search Conditioned by Katie. Make sure you follow me. You're part of this community. If you're interested in working with me, look, I have so many different ways you can work with me from one-on-one coaching to small group to master classes that I host and everything in between. The best way you can find out what's going on in the Conditioned by Katie world is to either follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter on my website. That's going to give you all the updated info and a lot of other fun things every single week. But look, I'm just so happy you're here. I'm happy you're part of this community. Keep showing up, keep growing with me, and keep being you.